Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America and managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is Brant Beard. Brant, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, let's dive in with your one-sentence bio. Yeah, that is a crazy question, so I thought about that a little bit, and so I have a weird answer. I'm a farmer. Okay, you're going to have to say yeah. a little bit more. So when you think about what you do in one sentence, I'm a farmer and I cultivate. What do I cultivate? I cultivate people. I've come to grips kind of who I am. I'm passionate. I find ways around, but I try to figure out who people are, what's their passions, and connect them to what they're doing. You gave a one-word bio. Nobody has ever done that. <laughs> Nobody has Better ever than you thought. given a one-word bio, and that is such a great—I I love that. Yeah. So a farmer and you cultivate people. I cultivate people. That's At the end of the that. day, that's what I do. That's what I'm a thoughtful leader on. Yeah. Well, business is a people business. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the people. So much relationships, and I, I think people don't realize how much that is until later on in the career when they realize that they missed a big boat. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's dig into question number one. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. How do your values impact your management philosophy? So I, I don't think there's a separation. I'm a values person, and so I think your values your behaviors, and your organization has to build the values together. And what you define and you grow as a team is what you hold each other accountable for. I've been in many organizations where you have a, a crucial conversation and the people don't even know that they didn't live the values. Hmm. And so there is, to me, there's no separation. As a leader, you're always talking about the values and the vision of the organization. So how do you make sure that the people that work for you, with you, around you know what the organization's values are? So to me, you're the marketer. So mm. like when I market anything in my organization, I put the values on the wall. We all sign them. So for, for us, our thematic goal right now is thrive mm. with passion, perseverance, and purpose. And those are the three values that mean a lot to our organization. Yes, we fit in the bigger values, but those are the ones that we reward on and talk about. And those are the ones that I have my people like point out other people living those values. Mm. So thrive, and you said yes. passion, purpose, and what was the third one? Passion, purpose, and perseverance. So no matter what you have, we can get through it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So how do you reward people for living those values? So it's everything, right? So when you think about like just your normal merit process, your rewards is like taking somebody out to lunch, rewards as a group, things, the things that we do, we're always talking about those things. And so when you talk about rewards, you can say like, we have one shop to do this, but really the rewards are what the person likes. Some mm. people like to be called out. Some people don't. Some people like just like go on a one-on-one -on -one lunch. And so you find out what means something to them and then you talk about it. So you talk about the good and the bad. You're living it or not living it. So passion is one of those things that's hard to teach. Yeah. So how do you make sure that your team has the right passion for the company's goals? Well, so so to me, it's kind of find out what makes you get up in the morning. Hmm. And so when people kind of connect to their passion, then I can connect them to the values and the vision of the company. To me, it goes back to your personal passion, what you like to do in life. You have a new employee. How do you yeah. find out what their passion is? So to me, it's all about relationship again. So I always have like, asking questions. Like if you have a one-on-one -on -one with me, most of it you'll get done. And you're like, he just asked me like personal questions about my life. Like, what does it matter? Because you can get to the core of somebody and they may not know their passion. Hmm. And that's the key that most people don't understand is like, what am I passionate about? Not what I, what mom wants me to passion about or my boss wants me to passion about. 
but what motivates me all day long? I love that. That's great. You mentioned your thematic goal being thrive, purpose, passion, and perseverance. How do you teach a new hire to persevere? I think how you teach them is to find out their history and what they've gone through. Even when you hire, I want to hire somebody who has a story that when they had roadblocks, they got through it. Compared to somebody that doesn't have that many roadblocks, I can't teach a lot of that stuff. But if your life has got experience, and, I, and it's it's interesting, I also teach at universities and build teams. And the first thing I try to do is to let people understand their life story and to tell us their life story, not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff. And and when people start that, they're, they're afraid to talk. But all of a sudden they get into the stories and what they've learned is the hard part of your lives is where you grew the most, mm-hmm. where you experienced the most. And, and when you come to own that, you're so valid because all of us, I think going back to what is a leader, a leader is somebody that's human. Mm. And you always find this leader that's like perfect. That's great. Nobody wants to follow you. But when you're normal, gone through life's challenges and going through life's challenges, people want to follow you. They want to learn from you and they're going to ask you questions about what you went. So if you have somebody that's, that doesn't trust the organization, doesn't trust you, they're not open. And all of us connect with somebody differently. So if you've gone through something in your life and now I'm gone th- going through it, I'm probably going to reach out to you. But if you've never told me about that, then I have no idea. And I'm probably thinking I'm alone on this. So you've given an employer a really hard project. Yes. And you know there's a high chance of failure. Yeah. How do you support them? And teach them to persevere. I think it's not just you, right? So mm-hmm. to me, it's the whole organization. And so I will connect somebody with somebody else and let them go through some challenges and protect an environment, but let them go through challenges where somebody else is there to help them protect them and help them learn from that. I think that's where you learn perseverance and you learn it's okay to fail. Mm. Like an organization, I want to challenge the organization to push it. And if we're not pushing it, then we're not failing. And so you have to let an environment where there is some failure and learning from it as the whole organization learns from it, but challenge them to go forward. If if we don't challenge ourselves, then we're just the standard. Failure doesn't feel good though. No. But you're right. We do need those failures in order to persevere and actually build that muscle. Yeah. Of but the growth, the grow, like I think you hit it, the growing that muscle of challenging yourself and experiencing that and then getting better is where you feel really good about what you did. Mm. And you have to have some failure in that. Mm hmm. You have to have that uncomfortable feeling of, I don't know that I can really do this, yeah. but I'm going to try it and I might fail, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to see how it goes. So think about how many jobs you took that when you interview, you're like, I'm the right person for it. Mm. And then you get the call that you got the job and you're like, oh, no, now oh, what? No, right. I'm totally going to fail. Right. That moment pushes you beyond your limits and you have so much growth. When you look back, those are your growth moments. Mm hmm. And. And for us, as we get into the end of our, not end of our careers, but later on in our careers, is how do you teach that next generation? Especially that generation that may have been coddled a little more than we were, that this is normal and you should go through these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Ready for question number two? I'm ready. Okay. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? There is one person. I guess I can say names, right? Absolutely. So you'll know this person, like Chris Pear. Oh, he, yeah. is, he is the Zen of man. Like I got into my first director role, not knowing anything. And he molded me and shaped me, not like just telling me to do things, but watching him in action and watching the reaction the organization had and how much he cared for somebody. And if you look around, like the company that I'm from, he has an impact on most leaders in higher roles. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have a great Chris Pear story. Yeah. So I worked for Chris Pear when I was at HCA for a short period of time, had the opportunity to work for him. And he sent me an email that I have kept and I still use today. The email said something to this effect. You're going to get emails from me on nights and weekends, and I don't expect you to, to answer them. And I don't want you to feel any pressure to to think about them. Yeah. I'm doing that because I have family obligations that sometimes take me away during the workday. And this is how I balance my life. Yeah. And so sometimes I do email on the weekend and just know that that's not something that I expect of you. Yeah. So I kept that email. And anytime I had a new employee start, I actually cop- I, <laughs> I gleaned it, yeah. copied, pasted Put in my own stuff, and I use that, and I sent it out, and that was a complete thing from Chris Pear. Yeah, I just said, you know, I, I try to be do all the things for my family, so it just means sometimes I work at odd hours. Doesn't mean I expect you to work nights and weekends. Yeah. And that was such a gift that he gave me when I worked for yeah. him because had he was a vice president at the time when I worked for him. Yeah, had a vice president sent me an email on a Sunday afternoon, I would have felt obligated to answer him yeah. before Monday, but he made it very clear. I mean. Yeah, it's not your expectation that you answer this, but open and honest was Chris Pear. Yes, he sent me after I left his organization a plaque that said, "What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail?" Mm. So think bigger than you're thinking and go get it. I love it. I love it. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to take your career in healthcare to the next level? If so, look no further than the MHA program at Lipscomb University. Based in Nashville, our program provides unparalleled access to some of the leading healthcare organizations and professionals in the industry. From finance to strategic management, you'll be equipped with the skills you need to succeed in the ever-changing industry of healthcare. Plus, our experienced faculty and real-world learning provides valuable networking opportunities for our students. Don't miss out. Advance your career in healthcare administration. Learn more and apply today at lipscomb.edu forward slash MHA. All right. Ready for question three? Yes. What book has made the biggest impact on you? And I can't wait for your answer to this one because I know you're a big reader. Well, it's funny. If you'd asked me a year ago, I would have given you the my, my staple, like once I go to Five Dysfunctional Team or the Leadership Challenge. But where I'm at in my life and my career, I was on a fishing trip a couple of years ago and this old group I'm with, not old, but established people. I'm the young one, which I'm not young. They gave me a title of The Second Mountain. It's a, it's by David Brooks in and it's like it goes on a journey like everybody goes on that first mountain and you go up and you get the job, you get the car, you have the family, you get the house, you get the corner office and you get to the top of whatever that part of the mountain is for you and you look around and that's it. Mm. And you go in that valley of despair and then you go on the second mountain you find like, what's your passion? What, what's your legacy? What do you want to do? And like that second part of your career takes off and you're really comfortable who you are and people seek out you because you're now connected what's real in life and not just what you thought was real. Oh, that is so good. It's good. So what's your second mountain? Mine is people. So mm. if you would ask me again two years ago, what do you do well? I execute. I mm. run organizations that execute. And in my daytime, if this is my day, I'm really good at this. But this book has helped me like, what are you excellent at? And to me, it's people, growing people. Like I'm always being sought after as a mentor and I don't know why. Like people are looking after me, even my bosses are sending me people because I care about that person personally, lead with the heart and trying to grow them. And culture is what I do best. Hmm. That's great. 
Are you ready for my favorite part yes. of the podcast? Okay. 60 seconds. Rapid okay. fire questions. All right. Your goal is to make me run out of questions. Oh, okay. You get one pass. I don't need to pass. Let's do this thing. Oh, you don't even need to pass. All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the hardest questions. Oh, no. I just asked for it. All right. What's the weirdest hobby you've ever tried? Weirdest hobby ever tried? Um, fly fishing. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, uh, strawberry. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you haven't tried it yet? Jump out of a plane. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, extrovert. What qualities do you look for in a friend? Honesty. What's your favorite way to spend time with your family? Hiking. What is the most relaxing part of your day? Uh, morning run. What was your favorite age of childhood? Twelve. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Uh, Eagles. What is your favorite way to unwind? Sit down and watch TV with my wife. <laughs> what causes are you passionate about? Uh, anything that has an impact on the world. So a couple of the organizations I'm about, even sports. Okay. What are you most excited about right now? Uh, building a new organization. Which of your five senses would you say is the strongest? Uh, smell. That's a good one to end on. Oh, I didn't make it, did I? You, well, you, you did really well. <laughs> if I had to go back and count... You probably answered the most questions no of anybody way. I've had I got, on the podcast. I got stuck on one of them. I don't know. That, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> so this is a fun fact about the podcast. Every week, my sister listens. Yeah. And every week, she says, I could answer more questions <laughs> than that person did. And it and it's kind of funny. And so now when I send her the podcast or say, hey, it's you know released, yeah. I'll say, and just so you know, you could have probably answered more. Yeah. Or I'll say, with yours, though, I'm going to say, you probably couldn't answer more than Brant Beard. He did a great <laughs> job. All right. Yes. Parting advice for a manager. I think the best advice I have for you, and I've had this conversation many times in the last year, two years, is to know who you are. Hmm. You always want to be somebody else that you're not. And the faster you understand who you are and understand those strengths matter and that you were created with those for a purpose, your career will blossom. So how do you find your purpose? You just, I think you get into a point where you're asking yourself a lot of questions and as you go through different, I've gone through a different journey, like career, kind of what I want to do, why I worked, what, what am I interested in? And what you start with that is not where you end and where you end. You're just like, how did I not see that? And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Other people see it mm, mm-hmm. and they'll ask you like, well, that's, that's what you're great at. That's your strength. That's what you're passionate. And you're like, well, that's not me. And they'll, everybody will say it before you realize it. Mm. So you mentioned the second mountain. Do you think people yeah. have to climb their first mountain before they find I think purpose? you do. I think the world takes you on a journey. And if you don't go on the journey, you won't understand where you need to go. Mm. And so you have to, life's a journey. And so you have to do that first journey first. You can't get to the second journey without the first. Brant, yes. thank you. You thank are a you. fantastic guest. Thanks for being our guest on this week's episode of the Management Minute. You're very kind. This has been an awesome experience. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.